Bam, no warning. We're doing this. What's up, Ethan? <laughs> What's going on, man? Happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday to you. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Copy Blogger Podcast. My name is Tim Stoddard. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I want to start this week's episode with a quick testimonial and a quick thank you uh, to Victoria. I was thrilled, and I know Ethan was thrilled as well with the response of this new format. Uh, that we've gone out there. It's always nerve wracking putting yourself out there, especially to, you know, a significant audience who really can turn around and tell you that it sucks. Um, and so we were really thrilled about the positive feedback. Uh, so I'm not going to read her last name, but I got an email from Victoria this morning saying, I'm so glad the copy blogger podcast is back. Listened to it yesterday and it was great. Loved the format, actually. As a podcast fan, it gets tiring listening to intros and music and all the frills. Just letting you know your work is worth it. Have a great day and enjoy the holidays with your family. Vicky, can't tell you how much that means. Um, it's an experiment that we're doing, and it made me feel really good. I know I made Ethan feel really good as well. Yeah, thanks a lot, Vicky. That was awesome. Cool. So that tells us no intro, uh, no commercials. We just hit record and, and we chip away at this thing. So this week we are talking creator coins. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about creator coins. Um, I know Ethan has a lot of thoughts about creator coins. Last week, I felt like I hogged the mic a lot in the beginning and sort of introed the concept of the creator economy. And we're going to switch it up this week. So Ethan, why don't you start with this one? When you hear the term creator coins, what do you think? I, uh, well, I think that's a, you set me up for a pretty easy joke there, but I'm going to, I'll, I'll pass on it because I want to try something with this. There's a concept that uh, Sam and Sean talked about over on the My First Million podcast recently. It's called, I think they call it like steel manning. And the idea is when there's an argument that you disagree with or, or an idea that you disagree with, rather than tearing it down from the beginning, try to make like the strongest possible case for it up front. Just to show like in good faith that you understand why people are for something. So sure. very briefly, I'm anti-creator coin. I think they're uh, a mistake for creators and we'll get into why. But before we do, I think maybe we should just set the stage with what are creator coins and like what, what is the argument for them? Because I, I, I feel like I understand why people are pushing these things. So I can start with a little bit of that if you're... If, if you think that's where we should go. I think that's perfect, please. Okay, all right. So the I'll give this a little bit of background, which is that um, the creator coins are a type of crypto project. Um, and they're not necessarily new. Uh, different companies have been issuing their own coins for several years. Um, so it's not necessarily a new idea, but what is kind of new is this, there's a company that came on the scene in a big way in March of this year called BitCloud. And uh, what they were basically offering was the first highly visible marketplace for buying and selling creator coins. And the idea behind a creator coin, if you want to just really simplify it, is it's almost like taking your reputation and turning it into a stock that you can trade. So um, by creating your own coin, like in my case, it'd be like the Ethan coin or something like that. Uh, you, you, you've created this stock and then people can buy and sell it depending on whether they think my personal reputation as a creator is valuable or not. And so the idea behind BitCloud and these other creator coins is, um, we'll get into like all the potential benefits, but the high level idea is you as a creator mint a coin that people can buy and sell. And uh, that, is, that essentially makes you like a publicly traded person. And there are some potential benefits to that financially as a creator and technologically. And there's a whole bunch of other things we'll get into. But uh, the high level idea is just that you're becoming like a publicly traded person. And people have the opportunity to now buy and sell this asset that's tied to your name as a creator. Tim, is there anything you'd add to that? Not yet. No, okay. keep going. Not yet. Okay. So if that's the idea behind a creator coin, um, what are some of the potential benefits? Now, I've talked to a lot of people involved in BitCloud early on, some of the early like um, investors in that project. 
who had access even before it really kind of hit the main stage. And they've laid out a few of what I would consider to be good arguments for this. So the most common one by far that I've heard is <clears throat> if you issue a coin or a stock as a creator, it's a path to monetizing that was not previously open to creators before. So the idea is like any company, if I issue a hundred shares of a certain stock and I hang on to say half of them and sell the other half, the value of all those shares can continue to rise as demand goes up. And then like my net worth goes up along with the value of those shares. So if my creator coin becomes more valuable and I have X number of my own coins, the idea is that it's going to put money in my pocket as a creator. And that's a path to monetization that I didn't previously have access to as a private person. Um, some of the other ideas related to this is are that uh, monetizing or, or creating this like incentive system around somebody's reputation will help to surface new talent because now there's a financial incentive to highlight people that you think are going to be worth something someday. So if there's like a musician or an artist who has a creator coin and they're maybe not getting a lot of attention, you can, you can buy in early, you can buy their coin early, you stand to gain, and then you're basically invested in the success of their career. And so you're more likely to promote them and to support their projects and stuff, because if their reputation and the price of their coin goes up, you benefit as well. Um, the, let's see if there's like a third potential benefit that I've heard. Yeah, the third, I think the third big argument that I've heard related to this is, and I don't necessarily agree with this one, but there is a conversation going on where people will say, me as a creator on Twitter, I don't get any of the benefit that Twitter gets from me creating that content, right? Like I put all this effort into my Twitter threads. I put them out there. Twitter is monetizing via ads and I don't get any of that income. The idea behind these decentralized social platforms that are built around this creator coin concept is that uh, through different mechanisms, you are now able to directly monetize your content. Uh, whether that's, again, because like your content gets you more recognition and the value of your coin goes up or through some sort of like tipping system where people are able to sort of like pay to support the creation of your content. The idea is that you're able to monetize your content more directly. So those are the three big ones that I've heard thrown around so far. Easier path to monetization or like a new path to monetization that was not open before. Um, uh, uh, the ability to monetize your content directly rather than mm -hmm. through the through the platforms. And then what was the third one that I mentioned there a second ago? Um, just that you get the direct benefit as opposed to the platform that you're posting on. Yeah. Um, oh, and that, and that, you know, people are now incentivized to support your career, right? Yeah. So those are the big three that I've heard. Um, Tim, have you heard any others that you would want to lay out in the beginning, if we're going to, if we're going to build the best possible argument for creator coins, what are some of the benefits that I haven't touched on yet? Okay. We have to come about this from the opposite perspective, actually, because we're doing like a little reverse psychology game on ourselves, where if you're anti-creator coin, you're going to lay out the pos the reasons, the, the pros. This may surprise you, but I'm really pro creator coin. And so I think what we have to do from my standpoint is lay out what I think are some of the detriments, let's call them. Okay. I think it's important to make a really important, it's important for the audience to make a distinction between, uh, it's, it's semantics here. And some of these words and the definitions of them are very, very important. In my view, BitClout is not a creator coin. BitClout is a social platform. It is decentralized, which is kind of ironic because it's, it's also centralized. It's centralized on a specific domain and a specific feed. And your clout is essentially what gets monetized. You're basically investing in like how cool you think a person is going to be in the future. So we're on BitClout. You 
create an account. Um, I, I forget exactly how BitCloud works from a technical standpoint, but uh, subjectively we say, I think Ethan is going to be cooler a week from now than he is today. I'm going to buy some of Ethan's BitCloud. And then the value of your BitCloud goes up, the value of your reputation goes up, and then I can pull my money back out of it. You know, And so I basically rode the wave of Ethan. Um, that's stupid <laughs> for like obvious reasons. It's just such an obvious pump and dump like nightmare. Um, there's no value in it other than speculation. Um, what I'm reminded of when, when I think of creator coins, um, everyone's going to call me like a Twitter tech bro here, but the only podcast I really listen to is the all in podcast. And it was Friedberg who said that he doesn't invest in speculative assets. He only invests in productive assets. And this is the way I think the important distinction is. BitCloud is a game. I mean, quite literally, like you're just gamifying reputation. But creator coins not only provide a path to monetization, like you said, but they also provide a path of funding. And so I think we need to make a distinction between companies that have a product to sell or a service to sell outside of their reputation. You know, it's easy for somebody with a lot of Twitter followers to create a coin and just say like, hey, invest in my coolness, you know? And like, as my coolness goes up, your value goes up. It's another thing to say, invest in my company through this creator coin because my company within itself already has products or services that, are providing some kind of a return. And so I think when you apply decentralized coins in that way, where, yeah, you are like investing in a person, but it's twofold because now the company has something to stand for, right? And if the company can use that funding now as a, a CEO, a business owner, whatever, I'm incentivized to use those funds to make my company even better because if my company does better, the value of my coin goes up, which means that like, now I'll have even more funds. It's, it's, it's just like a public company, you know, like it's, it's hopefully a flywheel. Um, okay. So that long spiel was, was kind of backwards. I, I almost made an argument for creator coins in doing so, but the distinction I'm trying to make is that in my view, decentralized, like clout-based platforms are not creator coins. And I can think of a million reasons why those are really, really, really stupid. Um, but the, the blockchain technology that allows regular people to, you know, quote unquote, invest in the future potential of long tail businesses, which is what you and I are, like most small businesses now are just regular people with maybe one or two employees, you know, doing like $500,000 a year in revenue and making great livings for themselves. You know, like I see that as being a lot different than um, something like BitCloud. So BitCloud's dumb. In my view, BitCloud is not necessarily what a creator coin is. And like, I'm arguing for the latter. That's, a, that's an interesting point. And I think, um, well, it's an interesting point that I think will end up making this episode a lot less interesting. And that, that's a joke, but uh, what I'm trying to say is I think we're actually on the same page related to yeah. that, largely on the same page. Um, I, I don't think there's a problem with issuing a creator coin. And frankly, I don't even think there's a problem with getting into BitClout as long as you go in with your eyes open and really understand what it is. And I feel like for me, um, first of all, I guess it is important to lay down a definition of what a creator coin is like so, so that we're talking about the same thing. If we're taking personal like reputational coins off the table, um, I do think that changes the conversation. The one last thing I would say about it, and maybe this affects the concept of a creator coin, whether or not <clears throat> you're issuing it for yourself or a company. My major pushback against the idea of something like BitCloud for creators is this. There's a, there's a conversation going on right now that goes something like this. If you're a creator and you're just getting started and you don't have a lot of money, you can um, benefit by tokenizing your reputation and then people can buy that and, and they'll support you and you get, you get money out of that equation. There are like three main problems I have with that, which is, which are this, first of all, 
yes, people can buy in order to support you early on. Um, but there are other paths to getting the same amount of money that yeah. might be better for you as a creator long-term. Um, second, actually, I think this is the biggest thing. I think the conversation that was had around BitCloud was just very one-sided because if you look at the stock market, people don't only buy stocks of companies that they support. Like they buy stocks to make money and that's it. Yep. So when you, if I had to give like one message to creators out there who are considering this path right now, I would say step in very carefully because once you issue a coin around your name, it's really not clear how you go about taking that back. There's not, there's not really a clear playbook for what happens once somebody buys Ethan coin, right? Cause if I decide all of a sudden that I actually don't enjoy being a publicly traded person, well, there's people with thousands of dollars tied up sure. in me now. I, I, how do I unwind that? So it's much more complex than just stepping in. And, and second, um, you know, it's still early days for this technology right now. The only thing you can do is buy and sell things like, you know, different bit clout coins. Um, but you can bet your ass that if like serious money starts moving into this, there will be secondary markets that set up like futures markets and such so that people can effectively short different creator coins. And I never once, thought of that. <laughs> this is the reaction that I always get. I've literally talked to people who were like one or two steps removed from the founder of this project at the time that it launched. And I asked them the same thing. I said, so what happens when like the futures markets pop up and people start shorting um, these reputational coins? And they're like, that's a really interesting question. So I think that's been my pushback is it's my mind went there first, maybe because I'm like a jaded kind of curmudgeon when it comes to some of this stuff. Um, but it does seem like a potentially dangerous uh, future where now you've got these like, you know, young creators who are trying to get started in their career. Can you imagine what would happen if institutional money figured out how to short these things? And they're like, just making crazy upside, destroying the reputations of young creators. I, that might be a little dramatic but I don't think if, it's that dramatic if the opportunity is there the opportunity is there and like the only yeah. um the only scoreboard that matters when it comes to like institutional investment is profit so i i don't necessarily have a problem with the concept of creator coins but i would just encourage creators to go into that with both eyes wide open because if there is a tradable asset linked to your company the people trading it, they own, they care about one thing, which is profit. That's my stance. Okay. See, this is going to be a lot of fun now. <laughs> Money chases profits. It's like rule number one of investing. You just, you, people don't invest what they believe in. I mean, they do to an extent, you know, like I feel good about the fact that I have that I have a couple thousand bucks in a renewable energy ETF on Vanguard. You know, like that's really cool. And I can sit around the dinner table. I can talk about it, but everybody will pull their money out of that ETF. The second some, you know, groundbreaking uh, study comes out that just says like all of these renewables are a waste of time and, and here's the, the way to go. And so for people like creators who are, it's a huge generalization. I hang out with a lot of creative people, especially people that create content online. Like we're pretty optimistic about the future, you know? And like, we, we like making people feel good with the work that we put out there. You get some real sharks swimming in those markets and like, they're not going to think twice about stealing away the reputational value from it. If it means that they can short your coin. And to think that that wouldn't happen is super, super naive because it's absolutely not, not only could happen, but absolutely will happen. If there's a public market, then people are going to find out ways to siphon money out of it and to siphon value from it. Um, okay, so then, so here I am. I'm on team anti-creator coin now. I think that you, you mentioned something really, you mentioned something earlier. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it made me write down the fundamentals of business. And I guess here's like a piece of advice that I would have. Creating a coin 
is not a workaround for creating a business. Um, it's not, yeah, like I, I, it's something that I stress out about sometimes and why sometimes I have to get off of Twitter because like there's a big difference. And we talked about this last week, you know, like building a social media following is not building a business. Building mm -hmm. a creator coin is not building a business. Eventually there has to be an exchange of value. Um, and so I think that if people are looking to create creator coins for the sole purpose of figuring out how to pull money from attention, it's only going to lead to real, real problems. Okay. So that's my argument. Number two for being anti-creator coin. Um, I, I suppose just recapping like my first one, really you made for me. My, my first point is that like, to think that there aren't going to be secondary markets and that people aren't going to try to hurt your reputation for their own personal benefit is naive. That's definitely going to happen. And number two, we can't go into creator coins thinking that like they are the business model. They have to be a support mechanism for an actual business model. All right. So what other, what other reasons do you have to be pro coin? To be pro coin? Um, I would have, okay, so there's one other thing. Well, this is not going to end up being a pro argument, but it is a, it's, it's a pro argument that people make, right? Where they sell, they'll say, um, one of the benefits of a creator coin is that it allows you to uh, create a new level of value for certain portions of your community. So the idea being, <clears throat> I'm going to issue a coin and the value that's exchanged for that is if you're a coin holder, you're going to get a private, um, you know, zoom call with me once a month. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're going to get an extra newsletter and whatever, I'm going to send a hat to everybody involved. Um, I think this is where, so that's an argument that's made. And on the surface, I think it seems like it makes sense. Right. But I would push back again. And this is because I'm the guy I'm like, I'm anti coin. Mm -hmm. um i don't think you need to issue a coin in order to monetize in that way like all they're talking about doing is creating a paid community right and that's been around forever so yeah i don't buy that particular argument but here's what i maybe this would be i don't know if there's more that we want to dig into in terms of like the pros and cons of the coin i'm certainly happy to if we want to but I think the biggest argument that I have is just that futures market, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's going to happen. I've already seen people talking about it on Twitter um, and people are like really enthusiastic about it. Why are they enthusiastic? Because there's tons of money to be made. Yeah. Uh, so that's the, by far the biggest point that I have related to this, but for people who are listening, like maybe we could make this um, like useful and actionable by digging into like, what are the alternatives? Okay. So you're getting ready. Maybe you were considering a creator coin in order to fund a project or get your, your career rolling. What are some of the alternatives that may not pose the same risks as a tradable asset like that? Um, and I do think, I think there are ways to take advantage of like this crypto space in a way that's topical and timely and, and, does actually leverage some of the new technology. Cause like there are things built into say smart contracts where you could actually benefit a lot more than you could have a couple of years ago. So maybe we talk about, th about that for a little bit. Um, and specifically I'll say, if you're not going to issue a creator coin, you may be able to get a significant amount of, uh, of the same benefit from creating an NFT related to your business that doesn't carry the same risk because um, an NFT, it's, it's almost like, and it wouldn't have to be a piece of artwork, but to me, an NFT is an actual tangible asset. So the mm -hmm. price of that thing fluctuates based on how much people want it or don't want it. It's not necessarily tied to your reputation as a person. Right. So there's not the same kind of incentive to tank the price or, uh, or, or, or build it up. 
or at least even if there is the same incentive, you don't suffer as much as a person, right? If somebody comes and tanks the price of your NFT and like all of a sudden nobody's buying your pictures of monkeys anymore for a thousand bucks, your reputation as a person is intact and you can still walk around town like without being ostracized for that. The other benefit is, and a lot of people have talked about this, the way smart contracts work, you can build in a feature where if anybody ever goes on to sell that NFT again, you get a portion of that sale. And so I think that provides some of the upside that may have come from having people trade your coins back and forth. Mm -hmm. In fact, it might even do it better because here's the deal. The way these coins work, I can't speak to them universally. And by the way, anybody listening to this, I don't claim to be a crypto expert. I'm just a suspicious uh, creator. So it, if fact check me on this stuff, let us know if we're wrong. If there's a huge opportunity here, I would like to know about it, but <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, what was I saying? So there one last like counter argument that I really want to make against the idea of something like a bit clout creator coin uh, or like a bit clout, well, I'll call them a reputational coin. Yeah. Maybe there is a difference there is the idea that, uh, creating it, even if it goes well, gives you access to money. So there's this idea that by minting a coin or like a personal stock and selling it, you now have all this money in your pocket as a creator. But any CEO of like a publicly traded company can tell you that that's not the case. You have money on paper, but in order to take it out, you, you, well, you have to actually cash that coin in for money which the way BitCloud worked, it worked on like a market maker system, which means every time you sell your coin, the overall price of the coin goes down. Yeah. So you're actually hurting your supporters by, by cashing out on any of your creator coins. So mm -hmm. there's this really difficult incentive problem there where it's like, if I'm a creator and I'm looking to get the support of my audience, even if the baseline argument is true, that you know these creator coins or these reputational coins are going to attract your biggest fans. They're going to support you and that'll give you funding. Well, as soon as you cash that out, the people who suffer are your biggest fans, right? Because now the price of their coins all goes down. And similarly, if the price of the market goes down, so, and this has happened, if you look at the price of the DSO coin, it's down 50% from when it launched. Mm -hmm. So everybody who issued these things, their, their biggest fans, the ones who bought in early, all suffered for it. Yeah, they're and all the ones holding the bag. Yeah. So that just sucks. If you're, I mean, like everybody listening to this is probably legit creator really cares about their audience. It sucks to see them suffer and to see them suffer. Like you would never feel comfortable cashing out your coins while your creators or where your stuff, while your supporters are holding the bag. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a little bit of a phantom situation here where it looks like a really easy path to money but actually you'd just be way better off selling a, like a paid subscription that gives people a very clear understanding of what they're going to get. They give you money. There's nothing to trade on a secondary market. And uh, you don't have to feel bad about like then cap, like using that capital towards something. So that was a lot. That was a mouthful. I'll pause there to hear what you think about that. Um, but that's the second major like counter argument I have against these things. Yeah. I hope people are really paying attention because so if you and I were to jump on a conversation and talk about things that we totally understand, it would be way easier to get through some of these thoughts and to like the process, what could possibly happen. But this is so new. And, and one of the things that you said there that like stuck out to me so much was how you talked about an NFT and you said that's actually more of a tangible thing. And it just cracked me up because like a, a month and a half ago, when you're thinking about NFTs, you're like, right click save man like it's not tangible i can't eat it i can't do anything with it and to think that like the vernacular has already shifted in a month and a half to a picture of a monkey to like no this is a tangible thing that i can own i think that just shows how quickly um one like what the public discourse of this is is turning into like people are learning about it really fast and and not just people like you and i like everybody you know like people are are want to know how this is going on and how it works because it's clear that this is heading to something um but but the the second part is also like that we can change our minds about things so quickly once we 
it's hard. How do I explain this? It's hard to know how NFTs will even work and how creative coins will even work. And sometimes you just have to have like shit happen and like time happen to be able to go like, oh, wow, I never thought of it that way. Um, and so, yeah. So one of the examples that you made was creative coins can be attached to something. You know, maybe you buy a coin. That means that you can get a discount to a course, or you can even use the coin, the coin to buy one of the products. So it's like an incentive to double up basically where you get the coin for cheap. And then the coin is at a particular value, which ideally, but there's a reverse side of this too, because the market can drop, you know, but then you can use the coin to buy a more tangible product, like a membership or an info product or, or anything really, what have you. And so that is the stuff that I think about that does get me really excited. And I'll just paint you a picture. Um, let's imagine, excuse me, let's imagine that, that Copyblogger issues a coin and we give out a hundred shares of it, you know, and let's say that we hook up with Sparkloop. Do you know Sparkloop at all? You know, Louie? Okay, well, yep. full disclosure, yep. I invested in that company. And let's say that as a reward for giving out email referrals. So the way Sparkloop works is you get rewarded by basically forwarding your newsletter to people. And if other people sign up for an email list, they get rewarded. So it's you guys use referral programs. And I think Morning Brew made them really popular. Um but so let's say we use Sparkloop, we have an email sign-up referral program, we use a coin as like, these are your points. Okay, well, you get enough coins, you referred enough people, now all of a sudden you have enough um, currency to buy something. And so you were basically rewarded with free product in the exchange of a digital currency that like you can't do that with money in the same way. I suppose you could say like, hey, forward this to a certain amount of people and I'll give you some money. But from a technical standpoint, you, you kind of can't because that's what blockchain does that, that solves so many people, like you, that solves these problems. You would need an actual department to like keep track of the forwards and, and quite literally just send people money. And then, you know, the invoicing and, the merchants you're going to use, like what are you going to do? Stripe, PayPal, what if they're overseas? You know, those are, those are real technological issues that blockchain solves. So even in that simple standpoint alone, that gets me excited because if I'm a small business owner and I'm working really hard to create a membership, let's say I have a blog about gardening and I create some courses about planting a vegetable garden and it's going really well and, and people love it. And I have an email list of like 12,000 people. Cool. Well, let's say I go to rally, I issue a coin, we'll call it the flower coin. And if you have a hundred flower coins, you get this course for free. And the course costs like $1,200 and you get five flower coins for every email referral you get. So now all of a sudden you're rewarding your, your followers, like your most ideal followers, with premier access and all it cost them was spreading the word about your product. So this is like a very specific example. And the point I'm trying to make isn't even necessarily like, look what we can do at Creator Coins. The, the point I'm trying to make is it wasn't until even a month ago, I'd say that we stepped back and looked at this and we thought, oh, wow, that's one way that these, that these tokens can be used. And so hearing you say NFTs is more of a tangible thing. And that's just making me laugh so hard because yeah. like, they're still not <laughs> right. Is, is, is painting the picture for me that this is all going somewhere and we're not quite sure where, and when it comes to tech, especially when it comes to web three, if you look at web one and web two, like the early adopters figured things out way before the rest of the world did. And so I would be hard pressed to say that the people that dive into this space now aren't going to have an advantage a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, and whatever the hell that's going to look like. Hmm.
Side note, not financial advice. Strictly for entertainment purposes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I think there is an, I, there's an important point that is running as like the undercurrent to everything we've been saying so far here. And you said it early, but I'll just reiterate it. These technologies definitely pose a potential benefit, uh, but probably not if they're linked to your personal name. So like yeah. there's a difference between your company issuing a token yep. and your and you personally issuing a token. And I think the outcome is the same both ways. It's basically a shortcut to becoming publicly traded, right? And so people who want to think about this, like the um, the major, so you, you brought up this point that you can reward people with tokens rather than money. I mean, the the, the money thing has existed for a long time, right? Like referral programs have been around for a long time. So the main, the main difference that I see between those two things is that the token um, has the potential to go up in value. So you're rewarding people with something that could appreciate in value. That's not currently possible if you have just like a straight, uh, you know, money-based referral and reward system. So that is interesting. And it's, and it's, and it could be a great path forward for some people, as long as people go into this with their eyes open. And I think that analogy of like, this is just becoming a publicly traded entity is worth thinking through for people who are considering this approach, because um, that's been a thing that's been around for a long time. So if you want to understand like what it's going to be like to issue a token and, and manage that, you can, go look at publicly traded companies and like the memoirs and annual letters of people who've run publicly traded companies for a long time, because the incentives are almost exactly the same, right? Like as one example, and this is, um, you know, this has been considered by some people to be a negative or a drawback of publicly traded companies. Once you're publicly traded, you're um, beholden to your stakeholders, to your shareholders. Yeah. Yep. And what that's manifested as is like a focus on profit over everything else. We don't know yet what that will do in the, the, the tokenized space, but it's reasonable to assume it would be similar. You, you're like, a, a, you're really good at remembering names. Who was the economist in the 1980s that said like, that's the whole purpose of business is to drive profits? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know him. I'll look no. it up. Is it, yeah. is, is it is it Keynes or is that earlier? No, Keynes was know. much earlier. I'm not sure. I'll look it um, up. Sorry about that. Continue. So I think people who are considering this path, uh, it could be fine as long as you go into it with the right expectations, right? Like if you, and, and the way to develop those expectations, I think would be to look to people who have run publicly traded companies. Mm. Um, yeah, that's all I think I had on that for now. You're right. There is a super underlying theme here, which is this is what's so cool about having these conversations. Like last time we accidentally created like a five-step process to building your own brand in the creator economy. Right. And in today through kind of stumbling through some possible scenarios, it seems like, at least in my view, we've, uh, defined like a best case scenario for how to use creator coins and to say as well defined as I, I possibly can, although I'll still have to kind of stumble through it, is that coins should be best applied as a tool to help build the foundation of your business. Coins aren't going to be a good business. And the thing is, here's the problem with it. There's going to be a ton of influencers, let's call them, that create coins and just to the moon, spaceship, make a ton of money. And so then for every one of those, there's going to be, you know, the 50,000 kids with like 20 something thousand followers that think, oh, well, like Casey Neistat can do it. I can do it too. And then they're all going to lose. Right. And so that's, that's like, some of the unfortunate stuff about these new um, developments and, and how like mini economies work. But the quicker we see proof of concept that coins and tokens can be used in conjunction with an actual business that has real fundamentals, you know, i.e. like something for something, because there's no such thing as something for nothing, 
uh, I see a whole lot of real positives there. Um, I see a ton of risk with it. I see a ton of people. I, I see a lot of mistakes, like learning along the way, right? As with anything, we, there's just going to be a lot of people like figuring it out. Um, but again, just to summarize, there's, I, I think we'll see like, I think we'll see elite level brands who have something of real value be able to incorporate this into their model and really, really use this successfully. Yeah, you're making me think of something interesting, which is the way different brands started issuing credit cards as the, like, the rise of credit cards came up in the 40s and 50s. I mean, mm -hmm. people forget this now, but like, you know, 30, 40 years ago, nobody had a credit card. And if you did have a credit card, or wait, 30, 40, a little more than that. 40, 50 years that. ago. Yeah, yeah, 40 or 50 years ago, but not much longer than that. Nobody had credit cards. And, um, you know, when they start when they started coming around, it was, they were very much like private clubs. And then people saw the just huge financial upside from issuing cards. And that's why everyone from like, you know, Macy's to Target, the, all these people have their own credit cards now mm. for a lot of the same reasons. There's potential financial upside. There's a... Um, retention aspect right so it's like a community building kind of thing if somebody's carrying a target card like yeah, you're wow. more likely to hold on to them and so i think the again the, the the most important thing is just not to like be fooled into thinking this is completely new because it's not it's there it's easier now and you know what maybe a lot of those safeguards i think a lot of them probably there's good reason that they're in place like there's probably a good reason that it's hard to become a publicly traded company um but you know, it may also be that you go into this and it's totally fine because the reality is there's a lot of companies out there and you may fly under the radar for the next 20 years of your career with a pretty successful creator coin that never gets shorted by some Wall Street <laughs> hedge fund, you know? So who knows? It's like, as long as you go into it, understanding the risks, I think, I think it's a, a viable potential path. It's just not one that I would choose. And I think for people who are thinking about this, Let's lay out a couple of the alternatives. So we mentioned NFT, right? Like, yeah. Which is similar in that you can take advantage of like the smart contract stuff, uh, which gives you like upside in the long term, but isn't necessarily tradable in the same way that like a stock ticker price is. Mm -hmm. And uh, somebody can weigh in there to see if I've got that right. Cause I don't know if I'm, there could, it, it's possible there's actually no technological difference between those two things. And I, I don't know. Other, other potential options though, reverting to like old school business. So if you need money to start Crazy. an idea, crowdfunding, like that's yeah. the OG version of this. Um, also like recurring revenue, or if you're going to build any kind of community where people get access to different tiers of benefits, that's your, you know, paid community 101. Like, and we've talked about this in other classes, but basically the way that that works, I just give a quick breakdown of this for anybody who's listening to kind of put a bow on this. If you're thinking of monetizing your following as a creator in any way, shape, or form, there's a pretty simple, pretty universal three-part program for doing that. And it works like this. You have typically have like a free version of your content. And the reason it's free is because it's got the lowest barrier to entry. And so you are going to end up with the largest potential audience there. Uh, it doesn't matter how much you charge, even if it's just you know one penny you will see drop off in yeah. terms of who will sign up for something so you have your free version of your content that's that becomes your marketing channel for everything that comes afterwards then you have what they call a front-end product that's usually somewhere between five and ten bucks a month or like a hundred bucks a year so there's um, a cost there but it's not a big enough cost to really stop people or, you know, a lot of people don't have to like consult their partner before they sign up for that. Yeah, it's, yeah. So uh, you have free front end and then back end, which are your super high ticket items, right? Anywhere from five, six, $700 all the way up to several thousand dollars a year. That has been the business model that different companies have effectively used for a long time in order to monetize attention well, right? And I think to some degree, these coins are just another version of that, where you have, you know, you have some kind of reputation that you're trading on. That's your free pool. You, Cause you can't, the reality is you can't just mint a creator coin 
and sell it. Nobody knows who you are, right? Yeah. So you have some kind of free asset that you're using to get your attention. Then there's some low priced product, which might be your creator coin. Um, and then you have like potential backend deals, which are, which are much higher price. And that, that could also be the creator coin, depending on what your price goes up to. The one last thing I'll say related to this is the free product is one more reason why I think actually BitClout faces like a super large uphill battle. The claim that you're not benefiting as a creator from some platform like Twitter or Facebook, I think is, is wrong. It's false. Those companies spend billions of dollars every single year to build and maintain the infrastructure that allows you to send your ideas out to the world with like a click of the button. Um, so there's a huge benefit that you're harvesting from that, even if you can't directly monetize a tweet. And, there, and, and you'll see this, like Twitter has built-in tipping features. So you can monetize off of your tweets. The reality is most people just won't pay for them because yeah. they're, they're actually not that valuable on their own, right? Mm -hmm. You need to be building, you're, what you're building is your reputation in order to sell something that is like tangibly valuable down the line. So um, the reason I went into that is I just want people to know what the kind of the overall business model is if you do want to monetize your reputation in some way. And then if creator coins play into that and you're walking into that kind of knowing what all the potential risks are, then you know more power to you, I hope it works. This is a perfect place to wrap a bow on it, like you said, because you just, the last 45 minutes, an hour, however long we've been talking, I've been coming at it from the standpoint as this is all so new, this is all so new, right? But maybe it's not that new. Maybe it like really is just the exact same story told over and over again in a different way. I mean, what was the story before there was even the internet? right? It was still, let me stand on a soapbox in front of a crowd of people, give away something for free, you know, and then it was, um, I mean, who knows by like my, my product that I carry around with me in a cart, you know, and then after that, it was come to my theater show and show that you're like an aristocrat and you can afford to see me in front of all of these people. Um, and so, I, I hope that example like <laughs> made sense in the way that it did in my mind, but the internet didn't necessarily change the fact that there was still like this three-step process. There was the trade my attention for free. Let me buy something that doesn't have a whole lot of risk. And then like, once you've earned that clout as much of a pun that that is um, now I'm willing to really spend my money on you as almost like a, um, like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like just to, to show my friends that I could basically like, you, you get to tell a story about that time that you got to see this, this famous person in this small, um, small gathering. So that model is the same exact thing over and over and over again. And maybe this whole conversation that we've had is just reiterating the fact that, you know, what's the expression, what's old is new again. And it, it, it yep. isn't actually as like groundbreaking as we're making it to be. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if you have something good, then people are going to pay you for it. And that's really what the focus should be. It shouldn't be on, you know, how to game the system to, to ride a wave. It's always going to be, if you have something good, people are going to pay you for it. And I, I think that's like a really cool way to wrap up this conversation because it, it didn't hit me until, until you brought it forth in the way that you did. So that's perfect. Yeah. I like the way you put that there. And I think one other thing that you're making me think about as you say that is over time, there's been this interesting evolution of the skill needed to pull somebody into that world. So yeah. as you said before, like, you know, you had to be an engaging in-person storyteller in order to get people to pay attention to you so that they could kind of, and like P.T. Barnum, great example of this, that guy. Oh, thank you. I, I was stuttering when I was saying it because he was the guy that kept coming to my head. You know, I was saying, you're like, oh, I got to see this person and it, yes, in my head yes. it was P.T. Barnum and I just couldn't get it out. <laughs> yeah, that's, and so then uh, different like methods of spreading 
the message and monetizing attention came to pass. You had, you know, uh, newspapers and magazines. And like with each one of those, there were new skills required to monetize it. But I also think there was a little bit of a drop off in the skill needed to monetize. Mm -hmm. And what the, the reason I'm saying that is because, um, with these old formats, the barrier was the barrier to entry. The cost of playing the game was so much higher that you had to know what you were doing or you're just going to go out of business. So if you look at like the old school magazine sales, like direct sales copywriters, they're just great copywriters, Mm -hmm. right? And if you were to copy, if you were, if you were to copy their copy, if you were to use the strategies that they used today, they'll still work because they knew how to grab attention and hold it through long form things like in the mail that people weren't expecting. And those fundamentals never change. You need to know how to hold attention. You need to know how to transfer value. You need to know how to get people to act. This is a theme we touched on last time. Without those, no creator coin is going to succeed. It's going to be a flash in the pan and it'll probably end up undermining your reputation long-term because people are going to get burned on that purchase. Uh, With them, you could use a creator coin if you want to, uh, but you have other options available to you as well. And I think that's the big thing I'd love for people to come away from this with. Uh, But I got to say, you've also helped me change my thinking a little bit around the potential uses for these coins. I probably walked into this uh, much more an- or much more anti-coin because I was thinking of it strictly through the personal reputational coin lens. Yeah. And I do think there's an opportunity, an interesting opportunity here for small businesses, uh, as long as, as we've said, people fully understand the potential downside. Great. Well, let's wrap this thing up. Another week, another great conversation. Before we sign off, I want to give an ask uh, we had almost 6,000 downloads in the first episode and nobody said anything great about us on Twitter. So it, it doesn't cost, it doesn't cost you anything. I'm Tim Stodds on Twitter. Ethan is damn underscore Ethan on Twitter. If you enjoyed the podcast, seriously, just give us a share, give us a like, tell your friends about it. Uh, we've been working really hard the last couple of weeks to, to try to come up with something unique and fresh for you. So so, so yeah, make us feel cool on Twitter and give us a shout and, uh, and we'll shout you out next week on the podcast as well. It'll be cool. I'll, I'll just piggyback on that. Cause I, I got, I got one notification today from, uh, the sparkle rights and it's at Sen Chumki 95, who did say very kind things about the podcast. So thank you so much for listening. <laughs> like that's always cool. And as with last week, you know, if it sucks, let us know. I think maybe yeah, this time yeah. around we there was a lot of like pontificating. So if yeah. you want us to be more concrete, let us know. We'll and we're you know we're just here to make something cool. So excellent. All right, everyone. Well, we appreciate you listening. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Uh, Ethan, my friend, you have a great weekend. I, we're not doing this next weekend, are we? That's Christmas. I don't think so. Yeah, we'll be out. Yeah. So we will be back week. on January third. Uh, Happy holidays, whatever it is that you celebrate. Have an amazing new year, and we'll talk to you then. All right, Ethan, take care. Later, brother.